Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. I am sure it is a happy Monday in Gamecock land. This is J.C. Sherbert here with you inside the Gamecocks podcast, Monday, June 28th. Thanks for joining us. Always, always a pleasure to be talking Gamecocks, especially after a big visit weekend here in June. I sort of like this June visit thing. You know, normally we're just kind of covering camps and seeing who gets offered, maybe focused on underclassmen, but the last couple of years – uh, the pandemic here being the exception, we've been able to uh, really dig into some recruiting and uh, it's been exciting and certainly, um, heck, what else are we going to talk about now, right? <laughs> Be nice if the Gamecocks baseball team was still playing. Uh, and by the way, on that, I just want to say this. I, I think the NCAA completely screwed North Carolina State. Um, I don't know that they would have beaten Vanderbilt uh, regardless, but you know they were a really hot team. They got hot at the right time knocked out Arkansas and to see their season end like that, uh, I think it's a, a bunch of bunk. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, again, we're in a point now where, <clears throat> you know, vaccines are readily available. Um, you know, the, the, the risk is very, very low. Uh, you know, I, I think the question becomes, should they have tested them or not? Uh, I'll let you guys give your opinion on that. My opinion is certainly that they should have not been testing healthy folks. But then again, you know, you read the stories and Elliot Avant said that there was an illness going through their their group. So maybe some guys were sick. I don't know. I, I just, uh, I hate to see a season end like that. Uh, and, you know, NC State is one of those programs, kind of like South Carolina, where, you know, they just can't seem to catch a break. And, you know, like I said, I don't know that they beat Vanderbilt or not. Uh, I thought they had a really gritty performance, losing three to one in the first game. Uh, And then, of course, Vandy gets to go. But anyway, uh, enough of all that. Uh, Got a new sponsor uh, coming in. And this is probably going to be it because, I, you know, I I, I sort of – for those of you out there that maybe were thinking about sponsorship or something like that, I could still do small, quick hitters, you know, 25 bucks a pop, something like that. It's real cheap. Uh, If you need something, you got to get out. Like if you have a Gamecock Club meeting uh, and you want me to pass the word along or you got a speaker somewhere or – you know, you want to wish somebody happy birthday, just uh, hit me up inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. I can do that. But I don't want this thing to go and be an ad fest every single time. But I'm real happy uh, to say that this next portion of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500 employees, Heritage Digital will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Um, And and I'll say this, you know, I've been lucky in my career working at Rivals.com, 24-7 Sports, wherever. They take good care of us on the IT end. And I know, you know, sometimes the site will get buggy and, and things like that. But, you know, I've been fortunate to work with good people. I have people that work in other businesses where it's a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare just because they, they don't have competent tech support. Uh, and Heritage Digital is a place that uh, you can go. And I give my personal guarantee they're not only going to be competent, uh, but they're going to treat you right. Uh, and you're not going to have any problems because, you know, tech these days, man, your computers and stuff like that go down. Uh, it's a different world, you know, and you're going to have to have that with any business. Well, Heritage Digital 
We'll perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time for one low monthly fee. With clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage Digital has you covered. So no matter where you're at, they can help. Again, if you're sick and tired of constant computer and network issues, call my friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and for all. That's Heritage Digital, Matthew Odom, uh, Big Gamecock, 843-664-8989, and a good friend of mine. Uh, and it's it's good, and I'm blessed uh, to have the two advertisers I have that I consider friends and good people because you just don't – I don't like getting into business with people who aren't good people, and I've been lucky with that too. So Matthew Odom at Heritage Digital will definitely treat you right. So this segment is brought to you by Heritage Digital. This is kind of the – I'm going to come up with a name for news notes, wrap around. You know, we, we basically just talk. Uh, you know, I kind of consider it like I'm sitting at a bar and we're just kind of talking about the Gamecocks and we have the mailbag. So uh, a little more structured here uh, with uh, the news notes, wrap around commentary segment uh, of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. What a weekend recruiting wise uh, for the Gamecocks. And I want to start with the biggest news. Now, all these guys, it's it's a big deal to get commitments. It's a big deal when you feel needs on your roster. Uh, I think I look at South Carolina's class and, and there's a certain quality about it right now. Uh, I think that, you know, when you look at it, that there's going to be some more four-star guys in it. You know, right now the only one's Brandon Davis, whether that's – or Braden Davis, whether that's guys that move up in the rankings, whether that's guys that are yet to commit. I don't – I don't see this being three-star city at the end of the day. Not that I'm real, you know, fired up about that or not. You know, I, I think that when you look at some of these guys like Anthony Rose <clears throat> who recommitted, I mean, you can make a case for four stars with him. But the biggest news, I think, because – the bigger news always is what's making the immediate impact was Kansas freshman All-American, K-Ron Prunty, uh, commits to the Gamecocks over Tennessee. He is a corner. Uh, teams completed in the Big 12, 38% of their passes against him. He did not allow a touchdown. Uh, and the good thing is about him last year, he was a freshman All-American, but uh, he got a red shirt. So he's got like four years left. So he could he could make an impact for a long time at South Carolina, uh, originally from Virginia. Uh, so you, you start looking around, you know, Carolina's trying to make inroads in that state. And you look at it and you're like, well, you know, you, know, you got EJ Jenkins and Jason Brown, who are from Virginia that transferred in and Prunty now is coming in. And, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Hopefully. Uh, the defense is better than the last defensive back transfer from Kansas when they got Isaiah Johnson. Uh, Isaiah had a pretty solid year in 2015, but you know that team was a mess. And I think Isaiah stuck in the NFL a little a little while with uh, John Hoke. Uh, but you know this is a different deal because Isaiah had one year to play, and and this kid has four. Um, and so what does this mean? I, I think that when you look at the secondary, what this does is answer a question. In in a spot where there are multiple questions namely who's going to play where, who are your starters, that kind of thing. This is sort of a luxury because, you know, Pronti comes in and look, nothing was promised to him. Nothing. He wasn't promised a starting spot or anything like that. That's not really how, you know, Shane Beamer and his staff are going to roll, but they don't have anybody as experienced as him. Even Cam Smith, you know, did not play a whole lot until the end of last season. Once some guys, opted out but you sort of start looking at it and you're like well you know if Prunty can be one corner and 
you know, Cam Smith can nail down the others. Then you've got a guy that I think is really talented, Marcellus Dial, uh, out of junior college. But, you know, Marcellus hadn't played football in two years, like a bunch of football. He played a little bit at Georgia military, but, you know, his last full season was at Woodruff High School. Um, and, you know, he's – he so you can bring him along slower. Um, the young guys, the, the I call them the second-year squad, uh, Dominic Hill, O'Donnell Fortune, Joey Hunter – you know, you could possibly move one of those guys back to safety, maybe Hunter since he missed. Um, I know they like Fortune at the nickel. Um, you can bring those guys along a little bit slower. You don't have to, like, throw them to the wolves and let them start or make them start, force them to start. So I think that, you know, when you look at this defense, it uses five DBs most of the time. You need as much depth as you can, and, and you need some guys that you can count on as starters. And, and that that's the question. It's not that they don't have any players back there. I think some of these guys will end up being pretty good. But when you walk into a season and it's just a bunch of unknowns, that worries you a bit. I mean, that, that really does. You're like, well, none of these guys have really played. Um, and so I think that this is just like an, an answer for back there. Just like if they'd have gotten Jacquez Jones uh, from, um, from Ole Miss that ended up at Kentucky, that would have been an answer at linebacker. And, you know, it's unfortunate they didn't get him, but uh, – you know, I sort of think the key to the linebackers, and not that I would not have loved for them to have gotten Jones. I think that would have been another big deal. But, um, you know, I think at linebacker, it's more of a question of guys getting healthy. You have some guys at linebacker that have played a lot, that have been in the program a long time. Um, you know, Muhammad Kaba is a guy that needs to get healthy, that's very talented. Now, he hasn't been in the program a long, long time. But uh, I think he's a guy that could make some things happen, obviously. Uh, you know, what are you going to get out of Brad Johnson? Is Sherrod Green going to come back and be healthy? You know, those are all questions at linebacker. But I, I think that when you kind of look at it, you know, th this corner spot, it it's very big to get a corner like this. Uh, and, you know, and, and I think it's even bigger that he's from Virginia. Uh, I just think that, you know, when you talk about where the Gamecocks at some point need to make some inroads recruiting – you know, that state of Virginia is definitely one that you can say, hey, you know, you, you need to kind of – you need to get guys from there. He's from Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, Three-star kid coming out. I don't know, you know, class of 2020. So he moves into that class of 2020 group that the Gamecocks have. And, um, hey, that's uh, that's exciting. That's exciting. And, um, you know, I think when you look at it, too, uh, Jeremy Webb from Missouri State was a kid that was in the portal that some people mentioned the Gamecocks were in. on. We never really got confirmation of that. So he ends up at Kansas now. So <laughs> he kind of just you know, he's kind of replaced it. It's the, the miracle of the portal. But, uh, you know, I just think this kid, his height, the ability to play, um, just a big, big pickup. It, it's it's. This is a, a situation where the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. You lose a John Dixon to Penn State. You get this guy in. Hey, that's one replacement there that, that's pretty doggone good, um, I think. And, and John Dixon, I think, is going to be a really good player. Uh, he didn't do what Prunty did last year, but uh, that's last year. And, you know, we'll see how their careers end up going. So, uh, big commitment in terms of impacting this year's defense. Uh, you know, you, you just got to – you know, keep him healthy and keep uh, Cam Smith healthy, and and we'll see what happens. But I do think the outlook for the secondary ends up being a little better because, like I said, you you don't have a guy on one side now that hasn't played a lot of football, and 
you know, experience at corner goes a long way. And, and sometimes an inexperienced guy can, uh, can you know, he, he gets beat a few times and then he kind of loses confidence for a while and you have to pick him back up. I think that happened with Cam Smith. Uh, and I think, you know, Cam Smith sort of in that Missouri game right before your eyes ended up saying, all right, enough's enough. And uh, we're going to go out here and play. And so, you know, I think that at least gives Torian Gray two guys at corner to work with that can be solid. And, and that's really what you ask for, you know, heading into the preseason and all that good stuff. So, K-Ron Prunty is a Gamecock. Gamecocks beat Tennessee on him. Um, you know, winning recruiting battles against Tennessee is certainly important for South Carolina. And I, uh, I'll i admit I was a little nervous about it. I, I just, you know, maybe it's, I think, some PTSD going back to the J.C. Jackson situation when Muschamp was there where, you know, he finally at the end of the day couldn't get in and, you know, you're like, wow, you know, um, well, this one finally hit. So Carolina's got to go. And then Jacques Jones, of course, going to Kentucky. So maybe and I was like, well, the Gamecocks hadn't been, you know, hadn't had the best fortune when it comes to some of these transfers. But uh, they did with this guy and uh, can't say enough about the uh, potential impact, you know, no guarantees. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and uh, you know, you just never know. <laughs> I mean, you know, we all may be sitting here thinking this guy's the savior of the secondary, and um, then he comes in and things don't go all that well. But uh, certainly based on last season and his track record at Kansas, uh, he looks good. He's a very confident player too, and, and that's definitely something you need um, when you're a cornerback, in, in my opinion. And he's got the height and size and shoot. Can't say enough good about K. Ron Prunty. So he was in. So then, like, uh, as the weekend rolled along, you had some welcome homes. And um, it's a little bit different under Shane Beamer than Will Muschamp. With Will Muschamp, you tweet hashtag Spurs up, uh, exclamation point. And you'd probably get that commit publicly within 30 minutes or so. Uh, Sometimes an hour, sometimes a day. Sometimes it took a day. But, um, you know, that, that, that was then. And this is now. So what Beamer does is as soon as the kid commits to him, there's a welcome home. Uh, and then the announcement may not come for a while. <laughs> so, uh, And that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you know, we, we don't we kind of have a policy where we let the players have their moments and, and that's going to continue. Uh, I, I think sort of when you're in the message board podcast sort of community there, it's sort of fun to maybe speculate for a little while. I mean, it, it probably would get old after a while, but it it, it kind of drives the conversation. So from our standpoint, uh, it's fine. I mean, it, it's uh, it's good to sit there and have all the speculation and, and talk about it and maybe drop a hint or two. Some I'm not going to drop hints on. Uh, it kind of just depends on what our contacts communicate with us. But uh, so you had, a, you had some welcome homes. And um, so – I, I didn't write down like when they were. And, and so we're, I think we're waiting on three because there was one this morning too, that, that's not going to be announced for a while. Uh, probably will come in July 1st through 5th, uh, which is awesome because, you know, normally July 4th weekend for business, uh, business for news on the Gamecocks, it's slower than owl poop. You know, you normally just kind of – that's kind of a weekend. You normally take a break. You know, ah, there's nothing going on with the Gamecocks, but there's going to be a lot of news here Independence Day week uh, for South Carolina. So they're waiting on three, and then they had three 
outside of Prunty for the 2022 class that, that jumped in the boat publicly, and we have those. So I'll start with Kason Henry. Kason Henry. Kason, Kason. I bet it's Kason. Uh, out of Walton High School in Marietta, Georgia, home of G.A. Mangus. Um, guess you guys didn't know that, but we all remember G.A. He's a Walton guy. And uh, I think it's the first guy Carolina's gotten out of Walton since D.J. Smith. So uh, I think D.J. Smith is Walton. Um, but anyway, this guy's 6'6", 290, really good feet, good arm extension. And the thing about him is when you watch him on film, he's mean as a snake, and he's sort of outspoken too. Um, so this is the kind of guy that, you know, I mean, he's rated a mid three-star right now, kind of guy that could probably outperform that, that you're sitting there going, you know, when he graduates or goes to the NFL draft, you're probably going to be like, man, you know, we really miss this guy. Because <laughs> um, he's that kind of tone setter and just tough, hard-nosed kid. Um, and you look at you, you can kind of look at him and Grayson Maines. And I always say you got to be careful recruiting the state of Georgia because sometimes – you can get some guys that are a little bit of fool's gold, especially on the offensive line. And so what I personally look for when, when you're evaluating a basically any offensive lineman from the South is, are they athletic and do they have a little nastiness to them? Like I love Tyshawn Wanamaker coming out because, you know, look, when you, if you're talking about Wanamaker's technique and, you know, uh, all that good stuff and game to game performance. Uh, there were some things he needed to work on, obviously, but he could move his feet. He was big and he was mean. You know, he, he if he got his hands on somebody, he'd dominate them. So I always kind of look for that with all offensive linemen from the South. And Henry checks that box. So does Grayson Maines, uh, the kid out of Lambert. So Greg Atkins has done a really good job. I think they're waiting on one more offensive lineman, and that would be Ryan Brubaker from Pennsylvania, who announced today on Twitter he's announcing July 3rd. Crystal ball points towards the Gamecocks. So we'll see kind of what happens there. I do not know if he was one of the welcome homes or not. But, uh, you know, July 3rd announcement, welcome home today. That that sort of follows the MO, but I don't know that for sure. So, Casey and Henry. Then a recommit, welcome back home, Anthony Rose, who's now at Miami Central, which Miami Central is uh, Kier Thomas, kid out of Miami Central. Uh, Miami Central puts out players. Devontae Freeman, we remember him from Florida State and the Atlanta Falcons. He went to Miami Central. Uh, you know, a lot of good players have come out of that. I mean, that's a, you know, Northwestern and Central are probably the two best Miami high schools traditionally uh, over the years. You know, he's still 6'4", he's still 189. He came up and worked out at camp and then came back for his official and recommitted uh, safety prospect. He was the first commit in this class, uh, and he has recommitted. And, and, you know, when he decommitted, I was like, eh, you know, sometimes these guys don't come back. But I think the other – my theory on this is the other school was Arizona State, and you heard all the issues that they're having out there, I, you know, so – you tell me kind of what the deal was. <laughs> but, hey, Anthony Rose is a player that they absolutely love. I mean, they they think he's got the chance to be big time. He kind of fits the M.O. of some of these DBs over the years that uh, Torian Gray has coached at Virginia Tech, your big, taller guys. Um, probably a safety, could be a corner. Um, I know nobody's wanting to hear about a 6'4 safety uh, corner right now because – Izzy McQuamu gets drafted and immediately goes to safety with the Dallas Cowboys, and he was a corner, and that had mixed results, obviously. But, uh, you know, 
don't count Rose out. I think I think safety. I think everybody's kind of thinking safety, but um, you know, hey, look at nickel or something. He could match up in coverage. That's he's a coverage guy. Him and Nick him and Ware both are, are really good in coverage. So that's um that's that. Nick him and Ware is a guy that's kind of on the clock in terms of a commitment. The kid out of Irmo, 6'3, 208. Uh, so length is important in college football these days, stopping the modern offenses because things develop so fast with the RPO game and the different styles of play that, you know, sometimes you're over here. And if, if your arms long enough to get in the passing lane, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty helpful uh, when you're trying to stop these things that are coming sometimes a million miles an hour at you. So Anthony Rose is that type of guy with that type of potential. So Rose gets in the re gets in the boat, so to speak, in the boat again. And so you look at it, the DB class. So four defensive backs out of the 10 commits um, and more to come. And you got, you know, three of them from Florida, one of them from Texas. <laughs> and, you know, with the exception of Kawan Banks, who they just love as a ball player, like he, they just love his game. Uh, I think he's tough as nails and a guy that can really play any spot on the defense, you know, kind of built stocky. Uh, but, you know, you look at the other guys, you know, Javante McClendon, 6'2", 180, uh, longer guy. Peyton Williams, 6'1", 180, longer guy out of Rockwall, Texas, Rockwall Heath. So, you know, you can kind of see – and they're all projected at safety. And, and look, here's the deal. They're going to sign some corners in this class. And Banks could be a corner too. And, and I mentioned Rose. But if you look at the roster, now that they've got Prunty, who's got four more years, you know, and, and he's at least got two at Carolina. Um, and you look at the youth there, you know, Dominic Hill in his second year, O'Donnell Fortune in his second year, Joey Hunter in his second year. They like those guys. Uh, Marcellus Dial is new. Isaiah Norris is a corner. LaDalian Craig could be a corner. Um, they, they sort of got some youth at corner, but the need at safety obviously is big, especially if you're going to keep those guys at corner. You know, if D- David Spalding, you know, what is he? Uh, he's played some nickel and some corner. So, you know, you sort of look at it. And so the need is definitely in safety. And it, it I think we've said that for a long time at South Carolina and just when it, Look like it may be getting right, you know, Jamie Robinson hightails to Florida State and all that. But uh, I think this defensive bass class is looking good. Obviously, they need some infusion of, of talent at that position on the back end um, and some guys to come in and compete. So that's good, and Anthony Rose is part of that. And there's more to come here with the defensive back class, I assure you uh, of that. Kylie Horton. The first receiver, everybody talks about receivers. Gamecocks need receivers. So the first receiver in this class and the first in-state commit of the Beamer era. Um, And there will be more, trust me. Uh, Out of Clarendon Hall, plays eight-man football. You've heard the story, 6'3", 6'4", 190. Tore up every camp he got. Ended up with offers from South Carolina and Virginia Tech. Um, Catches everything. I think he scored 41 points in a basketball game this past year. I mean, just a dominant athlete, obviously, at that level. Now, it is that level. Uh, and he's a guy that that I think you talk about upside. He's got a tremendous amount of upside. The question is going to be with him, how quickly can he adjust and, and get to this level? And, and that's why you work a guy like that out at camp. 
like Justin Steph did for two straight days because you want to be sure, you know, can this guy do it against guys that he's not got a huge athletic advantage over? And the answer was a resounding yes. And I've told you guys too, my guy that uh, covers Clemson watched him up there and they said he was really good up there against the, the group they had at camp, which is pretty good. You know, he, Virginia Tech offered him on the spot. So uh, this is not just an exclusive thing to South Carolina, uh, and, you know, sometimes you find guys at these little schools around the state of South Carolina. Uh, I think that the talent, the football talent in the state has never kind of been conducive, you know, to like a big school. Uh, obviously, the Rock Hill schools have had a long track record of putting out NFL guys. And we know the story of that town. And uh, and we know that's a very important place for the South Carolina Gamecocks. There, there's no question about it. And, and that's. Uh, those schools are, are second to none. But you also look around and uh, you kind of look down the list. You can go all the way back to my friend Corey Miller, you know, from Pageland Central, uh, 10 years in the NFL, you know, from Pageland. John Abraham was from Lamar. Um, you, you know, you, you just kind of keep going through. There's all guys that have come out of Allendale, uh, you know, guys that have come out of uh, Loris. Donnell Stanley was from Lot Latta, sorry, Latta. And then there's also guys from Loris, Mullins, Ainer, T.J. Johnson. Um, you know, down in the low country area, uh, there's guys, you know. So it's not always about the Somerville and Spartanburg and Greenville and Rock Hill schools, Myrtle Beach schools. You know, there are players from smaller schools that, that have come out. Jarrell Adams was actually from Somerton, where Horton's from, uh, but he went to Scott's Branch. So, you know, Manning is a, t- is a town in South Carolina that puts out players. So, you know, it, 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 there's stories that have been written over the years about players in the state of South Carolina from some of these smaller places uh, that have turned out really well. They've turned out in the NFL. I'm not predicting that for Kylie Horton because that would be very premature, but I think he's certainly got the athletic ability uh, to do big-time things um, at the University of South Carolina. So, waiting on three, and they should come this week and maybe more. Uh, there may be more. I mean, there there were a lot of official visitors on campus <laughs> uh, this past weekend. We're going to go through those real quick. Uh, and once again, going to just talk about Heritage Digital, Matthew Owen, Odom. Sorry, Matthew Odom, Owen. Matthew Odom. I'm not used to calling him Matthew. I'm used to calling him Matt. So that, that's, that's, that's what, what screwed me up there. Uh, 843-664-8989. Uh, get your IT issues fixed. It's free, no cost assessment. Uh, he'll get you right. That those things are sort of annoying, you know. Chris Graves came in, had a lot of good things to say. Four star player out of Bishop Verode in Fort Myers. I, I still think Miami's going to get him. Uh, the Gamecocks made a good impression, and, and he's one too. That I mean, look, if it goes to Miami as expected, things don't work out, uh, and you know. He'll remember that visit to South Carolina, and I think that's very important. Uh, Dominic James is a four-star defensive tackle from IMG Academy. Here we go. (laughs) I never thought Carolina would even get a guy from IMG on campus there for a while, but uh, he came in. A lot of good things to say. was sort of understated in in the post-visit interview. Um, Not sure. You know, not sure on him. Just kind of, um, you know – What's Ohio State thinking about him? You know, what, what's what's Oregon and Florida and LSU thinking about him, you know, and, and all that? 
And he mentioned he wanted a family atmosphere. So, you know, sometimes people define that in different ways. South Carolina's felt pretty good about him behind the scenes for a while. Um, but, you know, you sort of read it and it's like, ah, you know, it, it wasn't the uh, an over-the-top sort of um, interview. At the same time, Keenan Nelson Jr., the four-star corner from Philly, gave a great post-visit interview. You know, the feeling's probably still Penn State there. Can the Gamecocks overcome that? I don't know. If he's going to announce soon, it's probably going to be Penn State. You know, Dane Key from Kentucky said it was an eye-opening visit. You know, really liked his trip. Could the Gamecocks top the Wildcats or Oregon or whoever else he's, you know, I mean, he's got the Kentucky crystal ball. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. Tomimi Duarajay, that's, I'm sorry, that's Braden Davis's teammate. You know, I think South Carolina's in it, you know, dark horse to look, or South Carolina's up toward the top. The dark horse there, I think, is Georgia Tech. Um, I would watch Georgia Tech, maybe West Virginia, but I would watch Georgia Tech there. He's got, you know, a desire to be an engineer or I think that's it. Academics are a big part. Let's just say that. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I think, you know, South Carolina's probably in pretty good shape. I think everybody kind of feels that way, but I wouldn't put him in lock status. Nikki Martinez had a great visit. Um, I think South Carolina could still get him. Mason Thomas, linebacker from uh, Cardinal Gibbons in Fort Lauderdale. Now, he he told Phil Cornblue that the Iowa State Cyclones still led. And I talked to my Iowa State guy. And he said, you know, they're a little nervous in, in Ames. Um, and I know the Gamecocks, we've got crystal balls in for them. Gamecocks think, hey, they're good. They're, they think they're right there. Uh, our Iowa State guy has not changed his crystal ball. South Carolina wants him as a linebacker. Clayton White wants him as a linebacker. So stand-up guy, really athletic dude. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care where he plays. I, you know, I think this is a guy you want on your football team. He's got that South Florida speed nastiness that you like, um, and so he had a he had a good visit. I mean, everybody had a good visit. Let's just let's just put that out there right now. Uh, I'm trying to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff a little bit. Uh, Emory Floyd, who was a late addition to the um, visit list, Georgia and Florida are the other teams. He's a four star guy out of Hillgrove in Powder Springs, Georgia. Six foot and a half, 165, a little skinnier guy, but uh, certainly is an excellent prospect. Uh, had good things to say. You know, it was her, his first trip over. We'll see sort of how everything unfolds with him. Auburn is a – I think Auburn and Georgia are what I wanted to say there. Auburn is in the mix for him. Um and has the crystal ball prediction. So that's, uh, you know, it's kind of a last minute thing, but he came over and we'll see if things unfold. Uh, getting to the big, big, big dogs here. <laughs> Traquan Figgins, uh, six foot two, 181 pounder, number 10 corner in the country for poor 24 seven sports composite. Loved his visit. South Carolina offered his little brother. Who's a 2025 guy. Really talked about the family atmosphere. Uh, you know, he talked with players about, hey, if, if you want to leave Alabama, this is where you want to be. Uh, Oxford, Alabama is where he's from. I, I found it interesting that he talked about communication uh, because I get the sense reading through, you know, some of his – because he's got offers from everybody in the country. Um, 
reading through some of the updates, it, it seems like some of these schools want him to camp. You know, that's more of an offer to come to camp than not. And, and I think the reason for that is he's got some testing numbers on his profile that are from like 2018 that, that are not, you know, you wouldn't say number 10 corner in the country if you saw those. So I, th- I think that's throwing people off. Keep in mind, guys, when a sophomore or freshman goes to the Nike camp with all these older players and runs the 40, they don't know how to run the 40 yet. They, they, they're, they're young. But I mean, they, you know, the other guys that are running four fours, they've practiced it. They've run it before. I've seen guys that, that have like, I mean, I'll give you an example. Justin Ross up at Clemson. People are like, oh, here he goes. He's going to talk about Clemson again. Now nah, I use it as a point of comparison because I know you guys know their players. Um, Justin ran 4.69 at the Nike camp. Are you telling me that when he was healthy, he was 4.69? I saw him run away from Alabama's defensive backs pretty good. So, you know, that's an example I use that, you know, you, you always got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Now, if a guy continuously runs 4.8, and then he goes out there to the one-on-one section. And, and, all right, so, so I'll back up here too. J.C. Horn, I saw him at the Charlotte Nike camp. I don't think he even ran the 40 that day, uh, but it was clear he was like a guy that was fast out there. Uh, but he had a iffy 40 time, 4-6 or something like that, and – People had him as a three-star player. <laughs> and we saw, you know, where he ended up in the draft. So that's that was pretty solid. But, uh, you know, and it, 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 I would have never bet against a guy that was Joe Horn's kid, just to be honest. But, um, you know, that kid really, uh, you know, was underrated based on a, you know, phantom 40 time from somewhere. So, you know, we'll see sort of like that. And I think that also – see, and this is bad because I, I think this is how things follow kids around and it's unfair. And, it, and it's not the people that are making them run the 40 or testing them or anything. It's just kind of, you know, unfair. So it's like like part of it. Uh, you know, you heard before the draft, people were questioning J.C. Horn's speed. <laughs> and and I, I swear to God, I think some of these draft guys, the the, the mock community, as my friend Josh Pate puts it, I think they were looking at they were looking all the way back at, at, at the forty time once upon a time and you know sort of trying to say that because I, I think I think when you're just like when you're rating five star players you're splitting hairs you're looking for anything to differentiate you can I think that you know they were sitting there trying to go back and forth between Horn and Patrick Sertain from Alabama maybe maybe you throw that out there but that was wrong JC Horn's plenty fast <laughs> don't get me wrong he's plenty fast so. Uh, so there's that, you know, um, and, you know, Fagan's, I think back to the, the visitor is a guy that, you know, maybe, maybe that's followed him around, but he mentioned in his interview communication uh, and, and a family field, things like that. So we'll see, we'll see sort of what happens with Trey Quan. I, I, you know, I think he and Antonio Kite are two guys out of Alabama that the Gamecocks are right there for, uh, right there for. So we'll see what happens, but um you know, uh, Keenan Nelson Jr., I mentioned him out of Philly, really a guy that J.C. Horn and Izzy McQuamu, and, you know, I know a lot of people were upset with them. <laughs> but they've really helped the Gamecocks recruit here. And like I said, he may go to Penn State. But then, you know, you think, again, the, the, the same thing applies. If he goes to Penn State and has a great career, great. You know, but if things don't work out, you have the portal now. And he's going to remember – I know his trip to South Carolina and how good it was. So, 
you have that guy there. Now the big one, or one of the big ones, Oscar Delp, the tight end, South Carolina legacy, so to speak. His mom went to Carolina. Dad, dad's whole family's Michigan. George is the leader coming in. Uh, it's going to be – I mean, look, if the Gamecocks get him or don't get him, Eric Kimry has worked this one masterfully, uh, especially for a guy that, you know, is recruiting in college for the first time. Uh, they had Jared Cook and Hayden Hurst on campus when he was there. Uh, he was above and beyond gushing about the visit. Uh, I think they really made it feel like a priority. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be enough at the end of the day to get him. Um, I think here, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Uh, I just think it's close. And I, and I think it's a South Carolina, Georgia battle um, with maybe Michigan sprinkled in a little bit, uh, but I, I think it's a Gamecocks versus Georgia deal all the way in South Carolina shot their shot as well as they could if he ends up going to Georgia, it's just because he likes Georgia better and feels better, more comfortable there. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Uh, sometimes you just can't do, but what you can do. Uh, and, and that's, is it, if he ends up at Georgia, now things may, the tide may turn and he may, we may end up starting to hear he's coming to the Gamecocks and that would be great. He's, he's clearly the top tight end on the board. I think he's really the only tight end they've, they've gone hard after so far. So, you know, he's a guy that certainly would be a big, big deal if Carolina can get him in. Uh, he's the number three tight end per 24-7 sports composite rankings. And I'm going to take a look at this and just kind of see. Uh, wow, so they have Jaleel Skinner, composite, number one. That should change. Uh, nothing against Jaleel. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just – I don't know. Jake Johnson from Oconee County in Georgia – has committed to LSU. That's interesting because Oconee County is right there next to Athens. Um, and then you have uh, Oscar Delp as the number two guy. Um, now let me just check one thing on Jake Johnson because he may be Brad Johnson's kid and Brad Johnson's other kid goes to LSU. Um, let me look. No. Is he Brad Johnson's son? Does anybody anybody figure that out? Oh, yeah. Max Johnson, the LSU quarterback, is his brother. Brad Johnson's his father. So that's not a surprise. Georgia probably wasn't getting that guy <laughs> if he's uh, all, they're all going to LSU. And, yeah, Max Johnson's his brother. And so that's not a surprise. But he's the number one guy. And then, I mean, it's crazy because according to 24-7 Sports, Jake's number 79 in the country and Oscar's number 80. So again, sometimes you're splitting hairs. One six five two twenty five. One six five two twenty. If I look at it on film, I like Delp better. Not just because he's going to the Gamecocks or may go to the Gamecocks. Uh, I just like him better. I think he's probably a little faster. But you know, with Jake Johnson, yeah, you got the NFL bloodlines. Brad Johnson's kid, Max Johnson's brother. I understand that. You know, he's splitting hairs again, splitting hairs. But Oscar Delp had a fantastic visit to South Carolina and really you have to uh you have to applaud you know the job Eric Kimry's done to get Carolina in on this guy uh like they did so that's the deal there um all right the mailbag the I help consulting mailbag don't have a ton of mailbag questions today 
But uh, you can get those in by tweeting to at the Big Spur Pod. You can get those in by emailing inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. I appreciate each and every one of you. I know we kind of had a long weekend there. And so we, uh, you know, maybe you guys didn't think to send in questions, or maybe you're just basking in all of the news from the recruiting trail. But uh, I want to tell you uh, about the sponsor of the iHelp Consulting Mailbag, iHelp Consulting. If you're a business owner, you're always looking to save time and money. Now, this is different than uh, Heritage Digital. Heritage is going to help you with all your IT issues. In other words, your computer breaks down, they're going to come fix it. They're going to get you up and running smoothly. Okay. iHelp Consulting is going to sniff out how you uh, can save money on your normal business operating expenses, whether that's credit card processing, internet, insurance, anything else. iHelp can help you find the most savings without sacrificing quality. And also remember this, if iHelp can't save your business any money, you don't have to pay them anything. Absolutely free. It's Gamecock owned and operated whose only mission is to help your business save money on expenses. So call or text Daniel Owens at iHelp right now. It's 843-372-5713 or visit iHelpConsulting.com to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 843-372-5713. iHelp Consulting, how can I help you? Uh, and Daniel and I help consulting. They're the sponsor of the I help consulting mailbag. And we got one question <laughs> coming in from Noah champion, champion emailer. JC, I got a recruiting question for you. Can you explain the big differences between the 24 seven and rivals recruiting ranking systems? Yes, I can. I definitely can. Uh, because I've worked at both companies now. I like the rivals rating system a lot. And uh, my friend, Bobby Burton, who came over 20, he was at 24 uh, seven as well, but you know, he, he actually hired me at rivals in 2004. It was my boss and he sort of created this and it stayed with rivals, you know, but I, I like the way they, uh, it, cause it's different and it's unique to recruiting. So in other words, they do a, uh, a decimal thing that's like 4.9 to 5.4 is a two-star prospect. 5.5 to 5.7, those are threes. 5.8 and 5.9 and 6.0 are fours. And then 6.1 is five. And I like that because it's easy to group. You know, like in my mind, I, I can differentiate between a 5.7 and 5.6 better than I can between like a 96 and 93 because you're spreading it out more now. So, so that that's the rival system is they do that. And then when they do team rankings, that's, that's only their rankings that they're funneling in to their team rankings formula and spinning it back out. Um, so those are, when you see rivals team rankings, those are the rivals teams rankings based on their evaluators that go out and evaluate players. And um, I like the system. I, I can't say, I see eye to eye uh, with a lot of folks in, in recruiting rank with recruiting rankings these days, but I'll say this, it, it, it's a, any kind of football evaluation, you ask 10 people and, and, and these 10 people are qualified and know what they're talking about. You may get nine different answers on a player. It's just hard to project guys because football so much about the game is between the ears and inside the chest. That means the brain and the heart, and you just can't always predict that. 
I mean, you just can't always, you know, a guy may be 6'5", 260, and, you know, he gets up on that next level and the collisions are faster and harder, and he just doesn't want any anymore. And that's fine. I mean, the guy's not a wimp or anything. It's just, you know, you have guys that bust out in the NFL because they just, you know, hey, it's it's a lot faster and a lot harder on your body. Um and, you know, some guys get up and they can't learn plays and they can't learn systems and, you know, or, or they overthink it. And, and I mean, you know, it, it's just a lot of the game is a lot about courage and mental toughness. And I think that that's that's kind of what, uh, you know, what, what you kind of have to deal with. You, you can evaluate a guy all you want athletically, but you're going to miss some because of that that aspect of it. And you, you, you can only do like a best guess, in my opinion, when it comes to this game. When it comes to the game of football, you can only do a best guess. And, and, and it's not – you know, basketball, there are misses too. And baseball, there are misses too. But football, it's just really hard. And you can look at the draft every year and and recruiting rankings every year, and, and you, uh, you, you can tell that. So I got sidetracked a little bit, Noah. I'm going to answer the rest of your question. So that's what Rivals does, 5.7, 5.8, 5.9. I like that because I like to differentiate. And I think, you know, I think you can look at a guy and, and, and maybe it's just because that's how when I came into this business, I was trained and I can say 5.7, 5.6. Uh, I think it's good because I think you differentiate things really cleanly through that. Whereas when you're dealing with 10 decimal spots in a 10-point scale, it gets, you know, what's the difference between a 91 and a 92? I don't know, you know. How do you, in your mind, say that? I mean, I don't I don't ever sit there and go, somebody asked me, what, what should this could be ranked according to a 10-point scale? I'll give a range, 92 to 94, because I just, you know, it's just hard. Um, but at 24-7, we, we, you know, needed to do something different. So we did, you know, sort of a 10-point scale. And 89 is pretty, pretty much kind of a bonus three-star. These are three-star guys that you look at and you go, well, they very well could be a four, and they're probably going to work out and play like four stars, but there's just something there or, you know, you're just not quite ready to make that jump and, and all that. And then a 90 is a low four star. And then 91 through 97, I think is a four star. And then 98, 99, five star. And then there's very few 100s. Uh, and then you have some special players over the years. Like I think Trevor Lawrence and Jadevi and Clowney were over 100. Clowney was 105. That was the highest ranking. Um, but at 24-7 sports, here's the difference, too, and, and, and that's just the 24-7 sports aspect of it. At, at 24-7, we use the 24-7 sports composite, which is – it used to be scout.com, rivals.com, ESPN, and 24-7, a fourth, a fourth, a fourth, a fourth. But, you know, 24-7 purchased scout.com and – merged it with us and we've kind of got their rankings team and our rankings team all together. So it's a third, a third and a third now. And so uh, the composite spits out a composite ranking. And if you look at, since we've been doing composite and you compare them to the individual rankings here, there and yonder, the composite's the most accurate. And it makes sense because if you get kind of a consensus among eight, nine people, across different networks with different feedback and, and all that and different sets of eyes and, and they can all travel to different places and see players that's probably going to skew more accurately than just one set of guys 
and it, it sort of eliminates the old. Uh, and you know, I've any, I haven't even heard this argument in a long time, uh, and and I think we stamped it out pretty good as an industry. Uh, the reason we did it is because it eliminates the bias. In other words, you know, uh, we have a very large South Carolina site, a very large North Carolina site on twenty four seven. Well, you know, on rival. Well, let me back up. I'll just go. I'll, I'll go North Carolina because our rival site uh, for South Carolina uh, is uh, very big as well. So. I don't want it to sound like I'm taking a shot at those guys and saying their sites. They're a big site. Uh, very popular. Uh, okay, so North Carolina. Huge North Carolina site, right, at 24-7 Sports. Big, 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 big. Probably the biggest team site out there. Uh, and it's because Inside Carolina has had a magazine for years. It's a great brand. The guys work it. Uh, they're tremendous in that market. Well, Eh, rivals North Carolina is not so swift. And, and so you, you get somebody there like an NC state fan. And, you know, you, if, if you're at 24 seven and the Tar Heels, you know, you're, you're averaging ranking them 91, 92 and rivals is ranking them 88, 89, you know, the Tar Heel fans are going to start you now the Wolfpack fans, NC state fans are going to look at it and go, Oh, well, you're just jacking them up because you got a large North Carolina site. Um, and that's been sort of before we had the composite, what the entire industry, that, that was kind of the, 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 the argument against, well, these guys are just selling subscriptions and, you know, the teams that have the higher recruiting rankings are the teams that have the bigger sites. And that's not, that wasn't true. I think you can say sometimes the teams that have success, you know, we, as evaluators, you, you pay more attention to them if they kind of come up and start having success. And so you kind of, look at their players a little bit more skeptically and, and, and evaluate them a little more in depth. Um, but it has nothing to do with subscription numbers or anything like that. In fact, you know, subscriptions aren't the only revenue stream for our website. So uh, we came up with composite and we're like, well, this sort of just puts out an industry uh, consensus and, and let's go. And then so for the team rankings on 24-7, the team rankings, we uh, we just use composite because if you're going to have a team ranking and declare a recruiting national champion, shouldn't it be a consensus? And wouldn't your consensus national champion in recruiting be a little bit better than just the opinion of one group of people? I would think it's the opinion of all. Uh, and, and so that's the difference when you look at 24-7. And let's say you pull up the commit list. Uh, and it, it defaults to 24-7 sports composite. So, you know, like Anthony Rose, who we talked about earlier, you know, the Rivals has this guy as a four-star. 24-7 does not. Uh, I don't think ESPN does either. So his composite's 0. .8850, which is a high three. And, and so, you know, I'm not saying that – I don't think Anthony Rose is a four star, but you know, you sort of wait for the industry to bump him up whether than, you know, Hey, somebody's at JC's over here clamoring for this guy to be four stars. And so, so let's move him up, but that, this doesn't happen. So that's the difference, Noah. And I hope, I hope that explained it right. Like I said, I've worked at both places and ESPN. I think, you know, I, I enjoyed doing recruiting for every single place I've been um, miss it sometimes, to be honest. Uh, and, and, and they're not, uh, what I've learned over the years is we've all got had great calls. 
and we've all had crappy calls. You know, we've all had players we look back and go, yes, when he gets drafted because, you know, you stood on the table for him and you thought he was great and, you know, your group ranked him higher than everybody else. I mean, when Jerry Hamilton and I were doing recruiting rankings at 24-7, we – we had Johnny Manziel and Marcus Mariota. Now, now we had them too low. Don't get me wrong. They were like 100 to 170 in the top 247, but everybody else had them three stars. You know, and so Marcus Mariota and Johnny Manziel were pretty good players. Uh, you know, we had Mitch Trubisky higher than anybody, you know, because he was a guy that was from Ohio, that Ohio, Ohio State took JT Barrett, and so Trubisky ended up in North Carolina. Now – Years later, I didn't think the Bears should have drafted Mitch Trubisky number one. I had some questions about that. But I was happy to see, you know, hey, look, here's our guy. Now, then, look, the other deal is this. We we had Jacob Park way too high at 24-7. We uh, did not have Jameis Winston high enough. I mean, and it, it's quarterback such a crapshoot. I, I use quarterbacks as an example just because, you know, they're kind of the most noteworthy. It's easy to kind of think about. But – you know, so I've learned that, you know, everybody from Mike Farrell to Jerry Hamilton to uh, the guys at Scout like Brandon Huffman and Greg Biggins from out west who are with us now to Brian Doan to Andrew Irvins, uh, just about everybody, Gabe Brooks, Ma, Tom Luganbill, Craig Hobart, Billy Tucker, all those guys I've worked with, including myself, we've all had – really good calls over the years and then really bad calls. And I think that's pretty normal um, when you're talking about football for the reasons I explained earlier, you know, as far as South Carolina's class goes, yeah, there's some guys I think should be higher than some, some guys I think that are right. I, uh, this, this kid, Case and Henry, or is that it? Case and Henry. Yeah. He's, he's probably a guy that could be a little higher. I think <laughs> um, just based on who he is and, and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, of course, Rose, I think, could be a little higher. And, you know, Kyla Horton probably isn't going to be a guy that gets a big four-star rating just because, you know, you 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 evaluate like thousands. They're, 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 literally, you could rank probably 500 receivers a year in this business. And, you, you know, a lot of them are the same. <laughs> I mean, so you split hairs and eight-man football, that's probably a hair you're going to split. So, you know, those are guys that, that I think could – go up. I mean, I, you know, Westmoreland and McClendon and, you know, Grayson Maines is 0.8668. I see him kind of more as an 87 level guy, but that's 0.0032 away. Um, you know, like I mentioned, Henry, uh, you know, Peyton Williams from Rockwell, Texas is a guy's kind of a sleeper prospect, but, you know, you, you sort of look at it. And like I said, they're going to be some four-star guys that, that, you know, pop up. Uh, onto the commit list, <laughs> maybe sooner rather than later. So hope I answered your question, Noah, and I certainly appreciate you. Certainly appreciate you um, listening to the show. Once again, I want to thank both of our sponsors, Heritage Digital, IT. Call Matthew Odom. Get your IT correct, 843-664-8989. That's 843-664-8989. Matthew Odom, Heritage Digital. And then turn around and text or call Daniel Owens at iHelp Consulting to save you money for your business. 
targeting business owners here. I know there are many of you. 843-372-5713 or ihelpconsulting.com to schedule a free consultation. These guys have my highest recommendation. They're good friends of mine, good people. Uh, and you know that's important when you're trying to spend money or save money or get everything right. You know, you want to deal with good people. Uh, once again, the mailbag inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com or tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. Please, uh, please continue to tweet at us and follow us on Twitter. Uh, TheBigSpur.com obviously is a great place to keep up with recruiting all week. I'm going to have several episodes this week. I know it's kind of a holiday, but with all these um, – all these welcome homes and things like that. And I've got a little piece. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to write this or put it on the podcast. Maybe write it, but uh, I don't know about welcome home and sort of, uh, you know, what that means. Welcome home and uh, why that's important right now as Shane Beamer continues to try to build the Gamecock football program. All right, folks enjoyed it today. And I hope you all have a wonderful Monday and a good week. And we'll talk to you really, really soon. This is J.C. Sherbert inside the Gamecocks podcast.